Welcome to our worship from Seal Church, led by me, Canon Anne Labar. The hymn which ends the service is sung by the choristers of St Martin in the Fields. Let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Blessed Lord, who called all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, help us so to hear them, to read, mark, learn and inwardly digest them, that through patience and the comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and forever hold fast the hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Saviour Jesus Christ, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 55, beginning at the first verse. The Lord says this, Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you that have no money, come, buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labour for that which does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me, and eat what is good, and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me, Listen so that you may live. I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. See, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples. See, you shall call nations that you do not know, and nations that do not know you shall run to you, because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them return to the Lord that he may have mercy on them and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there until they have watered the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose, and succeed in the thing for which I sent it. A reading from John, chapter 5, verse 36 to the end. But I have a testimony greater than John's, the works that the Father has given me to complete, the very works that I am doing, testify on my behalf that the Father has sent me. And the Father who sent me has himself testified on my behalf, you have never heard his voice or seen his form, and you do not have his word abiding in you, because you do not believe him whom he has sent. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, 
and it is they that testify on my behalf. Yet you refuse to come to me to have life. I do not accept glory from human beings, but I know that you do not have the love of God in you. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not accept me. If another comes in his own name, you will accept him. How can you believe when you accept glory from one another and do not seek the glory that comes from the one who alone is God? Do not think that I will accuse you before the Father. Your accuser is Moses, on whom you have set your hope. If you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But if you do not believe what he wrote, how will you believe what I say? This is the word of the Lord. In the name of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. When my children were at primary school, there was one part of the curriculum which always struck me as particularly humane. What did you do at school today, I'd ask. Often the answer was nothing, of course, but sometimes they'd say, Oh, we had Eric today. Eric? Who was Eric? Some new teacher? It took me ages to discover that it stood for everyone reading in class. It was basically a session where each child got out a book and read silently to themselves. Frankly, it would have been my idea of heaven. And I think my children felt the same way. Today is Bible Sunday. And there's a bit of me that wonders whether, rather than me blathering on, I shouldn't just declare this to be an Eric day. Everyone reading in church, whether you're in the church building or sharing in church online through the podcast. I wonder whether I should just tell you to open a Bible and sit and read it for 10 minutes or so. It would be a lot less work than writing a sermon. But the problem with Eric is that though it might be my idea of heaven, it might be your idea of hell. I know it was for some children, especially those who struggled with reading or just didn't like sitting still. And if reading a storybook is a challenge, then reading the Bible can feel like a much greater one. It's not the same as getting lost in a page-turning whodunit or a romance. It isn't one book for a start. It's a whole library of different sorts of books, written over many hundreds of years by many different people, covering many different genres. History, poetry, prophecy, myth, proverbs, letters. And some of them are far more difficult to get our heads around than others. It was produced in cultures very different from our own, by people with different assumptions and agendas. Sometimes it's quite baffling and brutal. And it doesn't help that often we just hear little snippets of it in church without any context. How can we even begin to make sense of it? Another barrier to reading the Bible can be the worry that we might not understand it correctly. After all, it's holy writ, the word of God. Somehow different and sacred, we think. What if we get it wrong? Perhaps we'd better leave it to the experts, just in case. We might worry, too, that people will think we've turned into religious extremists, Bible bashers, that we've surrendered our critical faculties to some Bronze Age mumbo-jumbo. As someone who's had a lifelong love of the Bible, I am passionate about helping people get beyond those worries. 
I'm no fundamentalist or biblical literalist, but I found time and time again that God speaks to me through these ancient words. Not necessarily because those who wrote them had a hotline to God. They didn't. But because they were willing to struggle honestly with their experiences, with themselves and with God too sometimes. I may not always come to the same conclusions they did, but their stories helped me to see my own story more clearly, and so to be aware of God's Holy Spirit at work here and now. Of course, the Bible can be misused and misunderstood, but the answer to that isn't to keep it firmly closed and locked away, or to leave it for others, but to open it up and dive in, letting it become our book, our territory, our pathway into the heart of God. Here at Seal, as well as reading it in Sunday worship and in our private individual Bible reading, we chew over the Bible together in our monthly Good Book Club, a Bible discussion group that I run on the first Wednesday morning of each month, and in our Zoom church sessions and in home groups. Let me know if you'd like to be part of one or start a new one with some friends. I'm always happy to resource and support these. In these groups, we aren't looking to find the right answers from an expert. Everyone brings their own insights, and they're all valuable. Often, to be honest, it's the questions we ask, rather than the answers we give, that open up the Bible most effectively. It's the doubts rather than the faith. It genuinely doesn't matter whether you're an old hand or coming to it brand new. Some of the most profound insights I've had into the Bible have come to me from children. Their reactions make me see stories that I'm over-familiar with in a completely new way. It's when God's story and our stories intertwine that we really start to hear what we need to hear as God's word becomes flesh in us together. In today's Gospel reading, Jesus makes precisely that point to the religious experts who come to him. It's all very well reading the ancient words of Moses in their sacred scrolls, he says, but if they can't recognise the word of God in flesh and blood, standing in front of them, living out the love that the ancient scriptures call them to, then they haven't understood what they're reading. If what we read doesn't lead us to become more loving, more whole, and bring wholeness to others too, then we're missing the point. So how do we get started? And how do we make sure that we're reading the Bible in a way that's life-giving for us and for others? I read a very helpful book earlier this week. I'll put it at the back of church after this morning's service, and there's a link to it in the newsletter. It's called How to Eat Bread. But don't worry, I'm not about to give up the day job and go into catering. The bread it refers to is the spiritual food we get from the scriptures. Its subtitle is 21 Nourishing Ways to Read the Bible. For the author, Miranda Threlfall Holmes, the Bible is like bread, something essential, a staple food, but it's endlessly versatile too. Bread comes in many forms, brown, white, wholemeal, granary, French, flatbread, naan, rye, the list goes on and on. And there's so much you can do with it. You can mop up your gravy with it, you can toast it, you can make sandwiches with it, 
You can even spread marmite on it, though I can't imagine why you'd want to. And if it goes stale, well, there's bread and butter pudding. You get the point. Reading the Bible can be done in just as many ways, says the author. Some of those ways are academic, maybe a bit specialised. Reading it in the original languages, investigating its historical and geographical context, pulling it apart and analysing it. These things are important. We need that sort of scholarship and attention to detail. But we can also use our imagination to read the Bible, and anyone can do that. We can imagine we're part of the stories it tells. We can play with it, act it out, mull over individual words and phrases that strike us in it, draw it, paint it, embroider it. We can notice who speaks and who's silent, who's included and who's left out of the stories we read. We can look at it from the perspectives of people very different from us too and be enlightened by that. Miranda Threlfall Holmes tells the story of another biblical scholar, Mark Allen Powell, who read Jesus' well-known parable of the prodigal son to three different groups, one in America, one in Russia and one in Tanzania. He asked them all the same question. Why did the prodigal son end up so poor and so desperate, longing to eat the food he was feeding to the pigs? The Americans said that it was because he'd wasted his money. It was his fault. The Russians said it was because there was a famine in the land. He couldn't have done anything about it. The Tanzanians said that it was because no one in his new land, where he was a stranger, offered him hospitality or help. The same story, three radically different interpretations, reflecting the backgrounds, experiences and unconscious biases of the hearers. Each view was valid, but very revealing, and it brought the story to life in a new way. So on this Bible Sunday, as on every other day of the year, even though I haven't declared this to be an Eric day, I hope we'll find time to open the book so that we do have everyone reading in church, or at home, or on the train, or anywhere else you happen to be, and that we'll have the confidence to bring ourselves to it, just as we are. If you'd like help in getting started, there's plenty of it around. The leaflet that I've sent a link to in the uh, today's newsletter has some ideas and resources. And there are the home groups and other activities I mentioned earlier too. However we do it though, I hope that we'll continue to open the book, open our minds, open our ears and open our hearts to the God who still longs to speak to us. Amen. And so as we bring our prayers to God, we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, 
Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen.